Good morning, good morning, good morning. Thank you for being here to the Cassie podcast. Welcome. We appreciate you. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple podcast, we appreciate you. If you're listening, if you're watching on YouTube, we appreciate you. Uh, we have a new special guest here today. One I'm very excited about. Uh, we have Mike Omini. Is that correct? That's good. That's great, right? See, I've, got, I've heard so many Nigerian accents in my life. I just, it just, it comes natural to me. Oh, no, you're not Nigerian? I'm not Nigerian, no. Oh, I that's why I agreed to do that. <laughs> I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm actually <laughs> on the other side, East Africa. So, yeah. Really? Uh, yeah. Um, but thank you for being here. I appreciate you being here. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I told you before, I love doing stuff like this. So I, I'm raring to go. Um, I've seen other episodes you folks have done. And yeah, everything looks good. It looks really good. And, and, and not just looks good. It seems like... Um, there's a lot of meaning um, mm. and value in the stuff you do, so I'm 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 uh, I'm honoured to be taking part in this. I appreciate that. Um, the main goals of this thing is to give people, you know, voices, people who may not have their voice already, people like you who already do have their voice, but just to give them even more of a platform. So I uh, appreciate you being here. How do you like my black T-shirt? I remember you saying <laughs> you. Own, I remember you saying you only wear black T-shirts. So I thought you know what? Let me make it feel comfortable. And let me wear a black T-shirt also. Good. I yeah. It's odd. I, I am trying to wear more color yeah. these days. Yeah, so, yeah. but right now, listen. I, <laughs> it's just black. I just wear black T-shirts, and that's it. I d I don't know. It makes life easier because I feel like I don't have to think about clothes. Right. It's odd because I have a you know I've I've got a brand partner. Right. And you know they do lots of. I mean, it's a it's a clothing store, yeah. uh, a, a chain rather. And they're always like, "Do you want to try color this month, Mike?" You know, but I don't know. I, for me, black is is simple, it's safe, and it's straight to the point, which I guess is maybe reflects a bit on me. You know what? Like, if you open my like my my, my wardrobe, all my t shirts, they're all white and black. See, white is crazy. How do you maintain? Because no, I, I feel I'm with not. white, things are white for a bit, and then they slowly become less white all the time no 100 you need to have your white t-shirts that are literally only for specific places and then you need yeah. to have some that can be like sort of everyday things but yes they do get ruined quite easily and you have to buy another pair but that's where primark comes in handy fair this is this so listen my friend got married last week two weeks ago rather and i went to uh to river island and blue water i bought a white t-shirt and I knew I'd only wear it once because that's what I do. I literally buy white because for me it's a losing battle, man. You know, you're 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 just, you're just trying to keep it white, and it's just right, a waste right. of time. And the thought of buying the oxy this and the I, I just yeah, don't yeah, yeah. buy white, wear it once, let it go, move on. Fair you know, that's that's <laughs> that's fair enough. Each to their own. Um, how was uh your past year and a half been with everything going on? Um, the lockdowns, the coming out of lockdowns. Uh, yeah. we're almost at that day of june 21st um how's it been with you and everything you're doing how have you dealt with it <laughs> that's a very big question how has the last year and a right, half been right right okay how much time we got now <laughs> well it's been good man i think you know like most people i wasn't insulated from all the pressures that that you know we we felt yeah. um you know i i ran a number of different kind of uh, projects business charities and so you know a large part of my life was just trying to steer the ship, so to speak, to mm, ensure mm. that those businesses, people's lives, livelihoods, all those things are okay. Our communities, you know, kind of business stuff, mm -hmm. so to speak. And then there's my kind of personal stuff, which is, you know, in this once in a generation, like, you know, pandemic, I kept, I kept asking myself, you know, 20 years from now, when my kids ask me, dad, during that, that crazy period, what did you learn? If all I tell them is I just jogged a bit more or, or I got a bit fitter, mm, they, mm, they'll probably mm. be disappointed. Mm. So as a believer, I've been really searching and asking God, like, you know, what have you got for me this season? What's the point of this whole period I'm going through and trying to make sense of that? I'm happy to say, you know, that coming out of it now, as it seems that we are, yeah. you know, I've got a number of different things that I think God was trying to tell me and show me right. during the season. Um, and then on, away from business and personal, you know, I look after um, a few different people. So helping them navigate, whether it's some people have lost their fathers, some people lost their mothers, yeah. um, some people lost businesses. So trying to help them make sense of this whole season, I guess was probably my my third priority, you know. 
it's been crazy. I've got I've got met several books in me that I could that, that I could write to describe how the last few um th- few few months have been. Mm. But um ultimately, I, th- I think what what the major salient thing that God's done for me is crucified my addiction to busyness, mm. helped me to become more mindful. Um, but also helped me to kind of rethink about what matters and what doesn't matter. Because when you're in the world that I'm in, where you're always doing different things and you've got different projects and you wear different hats, you can get very lost in the source, to borrow a popular term, mm-hmm. very quickly. And you don't, you don't, you don't want that. Yeah, it's like, uh, I agree with you. One of the first things that I learned in the beginning of this whole lockdown stuff was that when humans really want something that they want, when they really want something enough, there is nothing that will get in the way of them doing it. I this podcast was birthed within that period. I was supposed to start in January 2020. Things got in the way. Then I said, okay, March, I'm doing it. And then the lockdown happened. And then the first episode came out in July. So it was like I kept having wow. these blockades of, you know, things that were just saying, no, you gotta do this before you start. No, you gotta do this. And this plan, the plan to start it was in 2019 summer. So, because I knew there was something I was going to do and I had started already making plans, I knew I was going to do it either way. I said, I don't care how long this takes, it's going to get out. So that's one of the first Good. things I learned after my first episode. It was like, wow, if you really, if someone, if human really want to do something, no matter what is yeah. in their way, they will do it. They will find a way. To give some context for people who don't know, um, we know each other through a mutual friend, uh, someone I went to school with. Uh, big shout out to Joseph and Rich and Broke. Uh, actually, I've got his top on right now, Rich and Broke. <laughs> and um, yeah, so you mentor him. You mentor some people? Yeah, about 30 guys. Okay, nice. So yeah, I went to school with Joseph and uh, I see some of him sharing some of your stuff because I've got him on social media and whatnot. And, you know, your face was familiar. Um, we spoke about it a bit off off camera. And I was like, let me check his up and see what he does because, you know, I was intrigued. And then I like just browsing. I'm seeing like... Like, I don't know where to start. So I took down a couple of notes <laughs> so you can correct me if I'm wrong. All right. So you have, ma- you do masterclasses. Yeah. You have a digital community. You're a YouTuber. You have the Common Sense podcast. You have Common Sense Network. And you also have, uh, what would I call it? A sort of enterprise, which is called Our God-Given Mission, which is, by the way, a great name. Um so can I now hand over to you to do a better job of that and just fill <laughs> us in on everything that you do because I know I have a way of not going to do a great job. No, it's okay, man. Listen, meeting new people is always difficult because, you know, normally people say, what do you do? You say, I'm a journalist. Right, and go, right, right. Oh, cool. You know, and it's kind of, you know, it's a conversation over. With myself, um, I could say I'm a journalist. I'm a, I'm inter- I could say something like that, but that, that, doesn't even right, scratch right, the surface right, right. in terms of right. what I'm interested in and what I do. So meeting, meeting people is always difficult. And so you, sh- you shouldn't feel bad or anything like that. You know, I, I, it's it's a common thing that folks go, what exactly do you do? Um, and it's very clear in my head, right? And so the best way to put it out is, um, you know, I'm really interested in, in building things. That's mm. kind of my interest mm. uh, at a very kind of top level. I build things. I, 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 you know, I, I put out that I like building beautiful things. And so that encompasses solving problems, that en- encompasses people, that encompasses business, that encompasses uh, charities. So I run a, you know, some charities, our God-given mission is a Christian charity I run. Um, uh, the BAM project, the Becoming a Man project, it's a, it's a project where we go into schools and help young black boys reimagine masculinity. That's another project that I run. The Common Sense Network is a business, uh, it's a news network for millennials mm. where, you know, people from different parts of the political spectrum come together and learn from each other. Um, you know, so I, I'm interested in that. But as well as building kind of my own things, solving issues the way I, I, I know how, I also help other organizations. So I'm a I'm a uh, advisor at the uh, the Royal Institute of International Affairs. Mm. I'm a non-exec at a, at a university, the University of Salford. I'm, I'm, I'm on the board there. Um, you know, and a range of other things, right? But but the easiest way to, to, to say it, right, is that I enjoy building things. I enjoy solving difficult problems and, and I do it for a range of different kind of organizations as well as some of mine. Right, that's uh, similar to me. I would use that same line, 
but instead of building, I would put in creating. Okay. I just enjoy creating things and creating things with other people. And I would also add in collaborating. So one of the things that was one of the first things that I saw that really made me think, you know what, you know, I have to get this gown at some point um, was your TED talk. And there was a lot of things you touched on and you touched on it from a very, uh, an interesting angle, especially how you introduced it. Um, I, everyone should go and what, listen to that TED talk if they have time. Um, okay. So first of all, can you just in a nutshell, and then I will go off of what I, how I perceived it in a nutshell, could you yeah. just explain people what that TED talk was about and uh, so for them to go watch it? Yeah. So I've done, I think I've done three now. You've done three TED um, and, I, and, I, and I think, I think you're talking about the second one. I want to say, was it the one where I was like wearing a fleece? Yes, he was wearing a fleece. And yes, cool, cool, it cool. was the lady with the tweet who said she's not changing her mind. Okay, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that that one was all about kind of, uh, it was called Redefining Common Sense, which is a really bad name for it. I, I think a lot of people haven't watched it because they just go, Redefining Common Sense, what's that? I should have called it something like, it's okay to change your mind, which is what it's about. Mm, it's mm. about this moment we've reached in society where on social media, you can't change your mind. Mm, mm, mm. If you change your mind, you're done, mm, right? Mm, and mm. We, we all know about the cancer culture and all that kind of stuff that happens. The, the, the whole essence of the talk was to encourage people to do that thing we used to do, you know, years ago, which is, you know, uh, put something out there, right. be presented with new information, and then change our minds because we're humans mm, and things mm, change, mm. right? So, so that was the point of the talk. It's just to encourage people not to, to resist the seductive nature of tribalism right, and right, to right. embrace nuance and difficulty, which is literally how the like how how the world works, so to speak. Right. So, um, it's very interesting because when we when we talk about this cancer culture thing, it's like generally thinking about it and breaking it down. It has got to be one of the most stupidest things that have stemmed from <laughs> social media honestly it's like somebody has said something or tweeted something in 2009 or in 2020 <laughs> and you're gonna kill them for something that they have said back then when that was something that people were saying back then it's like understand that people can actually grow up and understand and experience life and change and but social media is like oh you deserve to be crucified for something yeah. you, uh, something your past mentality. It's 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 so bad because you you've described yourself as a creative, right? Um, you know, I so away from all this kind of stuff. I'm a singer. I play keys. I play music. No, I was a music director for a few years. That's something I'm really passionate about. Mm. And when we think about artistry, I have one definition I use for artistry, and I talk to lots of young people that I know who are creatives about this artistry and creativity right it you know the best creatives and the whole point of creativity is is giving people right the license to watch you grow publicly that's the point of artistry mm. giving people the license to watch you grow publicly the greatest artists that we love that we stand for are the ones who've literally grown up before our eyes mm. for that to be the case for that to be the case we have to create a, 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 a society, if you like, a community, an environment where people feel like they can actually grow publicly. Mm. And the whole cancel culture thing is literally, it's literally the opposite. Mm. I, I don't think it could foster, I think it threatens to even kill artistry because people now feel they have to go in their room, get all their ideas to line up, sort their whole life out, then come out and present to us what they've been working on. And it's like, that's not artistry. Artistry is meant to be you growing and making mistakes in front of us. You sharing uh, songs and 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 you know whatever is in your heart that, that that tracks your growth, as it were. That's the whole point of artistry. But with this counterculture thing, it's so insidious because it, it it stops people from being able to truly emote and share who they fully are online. And what's going to happen is we're going to get way uh, less good quality mm. music, and I think we're seeing that already. All the trash that comes out these days. And, and secondly, it's really going to ruin the way we're meant to be doing democracy, which is we're meant to be talking to each other, learning from each other, arguing. All that stuff goes away because people are too brittle now. Mm, they're, mm, it's mm. like they're going to break. Everyone's going to break and everyone needs a, a space. And, and, and it's like, whoa, what's happened? We're not malleable anymore. It's like in early like 2019 before I, well, about 2019 sometime when I was in the midst of making plans for the podcast, I was uh, mentioned to a few people, a few good friends of mine, like, yeah, I'm going to start a podcast. 
And someone said to me, you know, someone said to me, why would you tell people you're starting it? Don't tell people that, you know, because they said, why, what if you fail and you don't do it? Then everyone's going to know. I looked at them like, wait a minute. What makes you think <laughs> that I give a damn about what someone else thinks about my, me starting this podcast, I am, I am trying to grasp that call for adventure. I'm trying to see where I can go, how I can grow and where it can lead me. And I'm, to the best of my ability, I'm trying to do that without the noise of external things. So while I'm trying to do that and someone's telling me, no, what, what you said, go in your room, don't tell anyone, do it there. And then when you're ready, then bring, no. It's like allow people to go out there and scream things out from the rooftop that they really feel. And if they don't do it, then maybe they just didn't really want to do it that bad because if humans really want to do things, they will do it. They will find a way to get it done. Another thing from the TED Talk that I really found interesting, which is what you touched on there, was that... So I learned in uni, you know, one of the... I, I, I'm one of them people I advise people to go to university. I literally just finished my third year. I made my master's, but um, who knows? Super. What, what did you study? Uh, sports and physical education development. That's why you're giving us thigh, Yeah. <laughs> Skies skies out. Got it. Got it. Got it. Skies out. Fires out. Um, if I can't, if I can't do it here, when can I do it? Um, so university, I've finished my third year, and um, so I advise people to go, and not necessarily because of the degree, but because of everything that comes with them three years of university. One of the most valuable lessons I've learned, and I'm still learning from university, was how to critically evaluate and critically debate a certain topic in a certain situation without my own personal emotions and feelings towards it beforehand if i had ever argued about anything it would definitely come from within me and within how i feel or within how i've been brought up going through university i've understood how to look at the one side understand it or if just your side understand it without taking yourself out of it and then also look at the other side you know, and understand that as well as your side. And then that gives you, you know, the best way to bring them two together. You know, uh, Sun's, the author Sun Tzu in the book Art of War, he has a quote that says, he who understands both sides have nothing to fear in a hundred fights, in a hundred wars. And that for me was like, <laughs> like if you understand yourself and you understand the person or the other side, it's like you have a great understanding you have the best yeah. possible understanding that you could have with all the information on the table and that's part of what you was talking about that ted talk is that take that take yourself remove yourself from it relinquish yourself and understand to have the best possible outcome for the debate and i think that was uh amazing and that's yeah. one of the reasons i tell people to go to uni because no good i'm i'm glad you i'm glad you took that out of it man because that is something that the some of the young guys that i speak to and really, it's not age specific. It's one of the most difficult things, I think, for us to understand is what to do with emotion. Mm. Because the thing about emotion is like, you know, again, I believe in God. So I, so I think God created us with the capacity to feel emotion because he thinks it's important. Mm. He deems mm. it something that's, that's important. In fact, it's so important that throughout the Bible, as I believe, God makes it very clear that he feels stuff as well, right? He shares his emotions, right? Mm -hmm. uh, thereby almost giving us the, the the permission to say, listen, do as I do. If I'm emoting, you should emote too. Mm -hmm. However, I think we've got to a, a, a space, and I can go into this in great detail. I was talking to a friend about this not too long ago, but I won't because of time, I'll keep it short. Um, you know, we've got to a place now where people are led by emotion rather than being informed by emotion. And emotion's powerful. Some of the most amazing acts that we can think about in mm, human history mm, mm. Are, are purported, that, you know, the, the thrust and, and what allows them to happen is people feeling strongly, passionately about something. Whether it's the Berlin Wall coming down, mm. whether it's us going to space, you know, everything, right, is set off by some sort of emotion. And then when you get to the stage where you feel most resistance, it's emotion that gives you that critical exousia that pushes you over. So emotion's powerful, it's important. However, 
emotions meant to reveal and show you and you know accentuate certain things you're not meant to be led by emotion because when you led by when you're led by emotion i believe your critical faculty that part of your brain that's meant to be objective that's meant to weigh things up mm -hmm. that's meant to be fair mm. and balanced is numbed and all you can see is red all you can see is one thing and i think we're at risk now as a society because of social media and the way we consume things we, we lack so much nuance and mental bandwidth now that people can like only handle one thought at one time. And you're like, what happened to yeah. walking and chewing gum? Yeah. What happened to, you know, holding different ideas and tension in your mind at the same time? What happened to nuance, mm. right? We've got to get back to that because we're at risk of becoming very kind of, you know, uh, uh, very lateral in our thinking when really we, we've got to be dynamic. And, and you know, I don't want to do this thing of making it, you know, stoicism versus emotional mm. uh, because because that's uh, that's wrong. Emotions are important. We just have to be informed by them and, and not led uh, blindly by them. It's really like, just to add on to that, it's like in life, most things now we are, you know, everybody has got some sort of chain that's led by something that's dragging them along in life, you know they're not they don't have control over it. it's around their neck and it's taking them wherever they want it to go so emotion is one aspect that it's got a chain and this chain is linked to your neck and it's just taking you you know some people like that for some people it's social media for some people it's a family member um you know if we can somehow learn to which is not difficult it takes a lot of understanding and a lot of uh internal like diagnosis um for us to understand that mm you need a balance in almost every aspect in life. You need a balance. And that balance in emotion, like you said, is understanding it and being aware of it, but then not letting it dictate you and your life and your decisions. You mentioned earlier, um, talking to young boys that you talk to and um, talking to them about masculinity. Um, I, often I often think about me being a young black boy growing up and growing up where I've grown up. I often think about what? Where did you grow up? Uh, so South East London. So like Woolwich, yeah. Woolwich, Charlton around there. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ends. Yeah, yeah, ends. I, I grew up there too. Okay, crazy. This is why your face is familiar. Um, but I, when you was watching me and you was going to school, I was probably like a little kid about primary school. You yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah we, I don't know. I probably bumped into you at yeah. the local Tesco or something. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but yes, I often do think about the connections with me between my masculinity and what that means for me and my emotions and how I navigate emotions. I feel like fairly, I mean, I'm in tune with my emotions and how I feel and I don't let it lead me to make decisions. I feel like when I feel like it is getting to a heightened stage, I can just, I'm self-aware enough to be like, okay, you know what? Let me remove myself from this situation because I know that right now my emotions are going to, like tell me to do something that I don't want to do. So let me remove myself from the situation. Let the let the emotions die down a bit, and then make a decision on what it, whatever it is. And I guess yeah, so I'm constantly thinking about them two things simultaneously: masculinity, uh, emotions. Masculinity. How do I define masculinity? How does how does how do I how am I perceived in terms of masculinity? Is that something you ever thought about growing up with from these same communities, uh, growing up to do what you're doing, the school we went to, um, which was a boys' school, which you know is yeah. is full of guys comp competing for their masculinity and like I'm like the, you know, um, how is that for you growing up and understanding these things for yourself in order to help other young kids? That's really interesting, man. Um, really interesting. I, I think you're right about to have that tension, by the way. You know, I, I always speak about healthy tensions. Tensions aren't a bad thing. Mm. You know, t t tensions are really important. Tensions can create movement. I mean, think about a car. The way the way a clutch works in the car mm. is, you know, the, the two pads come together, they create tension and that tension like propels the car forward. So I don't think tension's normally bad. And, and, and I think working and trying to work out you know, how to balance something in your head, it's a good thing. I don't, I don't think you should ever be in a place where you're like, I figured out masculinity, done. <laughs> like, um, probably not, right? In a similar way, yeah, you know, 
it's such a again we're touching on these massive topics i'm like mm-hmm. where, how do i skin sorry, it sorry, like, where do i come in from me. i didn't tell you it's good no it's good i'm just it's just you know i'm just i feel sorry for your listeners you know like <laughs> what's michael doing he's just saying everything now the masculinity point uh, you know you know what is a man if we start there like right. who knows right <laughs> uh in today's society there's a lot of different things that that folks uh cling on to i think we all have to pick our reference point i'm a believer i'm a christian so my reference point is the bible mm. and i'm i'm very happy saying that wherever i am mm. whether i'm in a a meeting with you know tech people or i'm in church mm. i'm gonna say what i believe and mm. what i believe is, is is i believe in jesus right mm. and so for me god who i think created us actually gives very clear definitions if you like of what masculinity is sorry what men are who men are you know and he does it in view of what they're meant to do sorry my series trying to get involved he 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 does it in view of what men are meant to do right so he ties who they are we're all created in the image and likeness of god with their tasks so adam's given this task of naming animals Mm. you know yeah and 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 woven into all of that, right, is is God's depiction of of what men are meant to do, what they don't you know, why they exist, right? There's the biological part, the fact that men, and this is controversial in the world we live in, but typically have a certain reproductive organ, mm-hmm, a mm-hmm, penis, mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, have a certain frame, have mm-hmm. you know the the is it the XY chromosomes, the XX, which one is it? <laughs> yeah, that's. I forgot. I forgot. But but. My mom, my mom will be very disappointed. She's a medical professional. She was like, Michael, what's a shame? But the point is, you know, there's the biological aspect, but then the role that men are, or men are meant to fulfill in the world. I, I believe God gives men great vision mm. and God makes men visionaries. Mm. Can women have vision? Of course they can. Mm. That's not the point. Mm. The point is, if you think about in the Bible, what does, what does God give men? It, he makes them visionaries. He gives them a, 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 a task. So men are workers. Uh, it makes them providers, right? Uh, um, it makes them leaders. And this is not the domineering type of leader. This is a kind of cultivating and bringing out the best in other people type of leader. All those things are part and parcel, I think, of what God has designed and, and, and created men to do. And, you know, as a believer, I believe too that God has given men dominion over the earth. So men are meant to subdue the earth, make good things out of the earth. Not out of other people, but 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 the earth. And I just find all of that seems and probably sounds like some old school hogwash to a lot of people. But here's the thing. As we've pushed away those traditional religious even Mm. thoughts about what masculinity is, we've created this nebulous, foggy reality now where men don't really know what to cling on to. Like they're kind of like, you know, so so in removing what we perhaps thought was too um, uh, boring and old fashioned and misogynistic, whatever it is that people believe uh, about the Bible, we've pushed that away. And we've now ushered in this new apathetic, Mm. nebulous, weird, where everyone's just like, "Mm, I don't know, I don't know. (laughs) And I, I think in part, it's why there's such crazy, you know, mental health mm. uh, issues amongst men these days. Mm-hmm. I think it's why you're seeing suicide at the highest rate it's ever been because people don't know what it means to be a man. And so guys are navigating the world and then they just cling on to whatever they can see. So if there's a black guy from our ends, right, who becomes a rapper, they're like, okay, uh, okay rapper. You know, if, if there's a black guy who becomes a... So they're just clinging on to whatever they can find because what used to be there, people have thrown the baby out of the right. bathwater. They've chucked everything away. And now we live in this weird, foggy space, which I don't like. Right, so it's like that you've like hit the nail on the head there with that. Um, like one of the most like prevalent questions that I remember asking myself from like young as 16, 17, from like year 11 days was like what am I supposed to do? Like, why am I here with all these other, you know, boys that look like me in my year, in my school? Why, like, what am I, how do I navigate myself through this? And you're exactly right with saying that, you know, I guess this is the bias and this is my own view because I'm a, I grew up as a young black boy, but I know from like other young black boys, we was always looking at what you just said, like, okay, so 
who can we look at to help us navigate through this and you know i was in school where which i feel like in school tells you really where you know society is going because the school kids just want to latch on to everything and if it catches on in school then it's going to really catch on and in school i was in school when uh the drill scene came in into the into like the world and how big that was and i was seeing you you look like a drill artist by the way <laughs> I, thought, I, thought, I could I could see it. You've got the black. You've got yeah. I've I got the it. black. <laughs> Basically, because you, you're black. I'm joking now. Carry on. Um, yeah. So was seeing going through like year ten, year eleven, and I was seeing every day every student I was sitting next to on the bus in the morning going to school. In school at break time and lunchtime. In the canteen <laughs> rapping the songs. On the bus on the way home, and when we would hang out wherever or wherever after everybody was listening to drill music and everybody was listening to a specific artist group and i was and i didn't i don't know i didn't just connect to it like that but i was i was like what's going on here like obviously at the time i hadn't really understood i was like why is this like the thing and obviously now i see that it was something for us to look at and be like oh this is what we're supposed to this is how we're supposed to do it and that's all it is. People are just looking at, you know, people, young kids especially are just always looking at someone else who is in their position or looks like they came from their position and they're like, yeah. oh, how can we, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do then. And this is why I love. It's, 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 it's the power of imagery, isn't it? Right, exactly right. You, you, you become what you see. Right. And this is why I love things that you do and people like you because in school, nobody, I hope they are now for God's sake, but in school, nobody was tuning into, well, there was no people like you for, for people like us to listen to in school you know i hope now there are young black boys out there listening to podcasts like this listening to things <laughs> like yours watching ted talks like yours just to understand and make them realize there is so much more than being a rapper or being a footballer there is way mo- there is so much more like uh, that's something that we fail to understand drastically and it kills us that's 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 beautiful man i i appreciate you saying that um, I think, I think, you know, again, in the interest of fairness, nothing wrong with rapping, folks. No, no, no. Rap to your hearts to like, go rap, go rap. <laughs> no, no, you better no. rap. But if you're rapping because you feel like you have no other choice, right, right, right. that's a problem. It's like... If you pick rap from a full buffet table, Mm-mm-mm-mm. calm. But if you if you look at the table and the only thing that's here, the only thing on the table is rap, that's a problem. Yeah, yeah, it's like, that's, but that's literally how it's been for, you know, decades is that there has only been like a few things that have been on the table for us that we can mm. see. But if you looked under the table, there was plenty of stuff that you could... Oh, come on. You better stress <laughs> this analogy now. If you look under on. the table, there was plenty of stuff that you could, you know... There was... what, what, what about in the fridge? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love analogies because I have a very childish mind. So my mind just starts to do the most. Right. I'm like, well... <laughs> right, so you know them like huge fridges... You open, uh-huh. you open the big door and you see all the food there in front of you. That's all you can see. But if you just see the freezer compartment down the bottom, oh, just like that on one now. open, you see the little okay. trees in there. So, you know, mm-hmm. I work fast with it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, but you have to take it out quickly or it freezes. Right. And you don't want it to, you have to defrost it. Right, right, right. I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> Sorry, let's carry on. <laughs> um, so I want you to tell me and tell people listening about the Common Sense Network and about how that came across, because um, I believe you are the founder. Yeah. Yes, how that came across, how you started it, what made you look at it and think, like you said, you must have seen a table full of things and you thought, no, I want to do this. Um, how did that come about? What really sparked that? Yeah, know? I'll give you the Cliff Notes version, because yeah. it's actually, it's it's in line with what you've just spoken about, what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, we become what we see. The mm-hmm. media is so important. The media is so important. Mm-hmm. Now, growing up, I didn't care. and I didn't think it was important. I was doing my master's degree in, in uh, political science, philosophy, and politics. And I was like, I'm actually tired of this Daily Mail stuff. They used to always talk about black people, this, black people die. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes a black person will die. They just put a picture of Stormzy up and be like, <laughs> we don't even know if it's him or not. And I was just thinking, what is, what is all of this? You know? 
So with a couple of friends, I kind of, I started speaking to different people and I was you know, trying to ascertain, you know, who else was angry? You know when you're angry, you're trying to find someone else who's angry. Mm, mm, you know, mm, anyone mm, angry mm, about mm. this, is right? Is it just me or like? Is it just me, yeah. you know? And people are like, yeah, we're angry as well. So literally I just, I said, all right, cool. Well, me being me, if something's wrong, um, I'm going to try fix it. Mm. Like I'm, I'm going to try build something. Mm, mm, so mm. literally... Um, I just, I, I did all the costings. I was like, okay, cool. We, we need a hundred thousand pounds to get started. Um, and, um, you know, I wish I had an uncle I could call like, yo, uncle, you know, mm. whatever. And I didn't. So I decided to do a crowdfunder. So we raised over 50,000 pounds in 50 days right. to get started on, on crowd on Kickstarter. Um, and you know, I built a team of about a hundred and something people, 110, 120, um, from across the UK. Right. Um, and just sort of start trying to, you know, just going crazy, trying to solve the issue. Mm. We, we identified two big issues. One was that the whole left wing, right wing thing was getting kind of mad. Mm. What I mean by that is people only hang around with people who think like them. People right? only black hang, people around hang around with black with people who think with people like who them. think like them. So, so naturally, as you go through life, you 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 look for friends who sound like you, think like you, believe like you. So people end up living in these echo chambers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where, where literally, they, and the reason why we call it echo chamber is because you say something and then it just echoes it. Yeah, it just, yeah. it, it kind of reverberates back to you. And so we we try to solve that. You know, the Daily Mail is right wing. And so what that means is all the stuff they put out is like, it, you, you can guess a Daily Mail headline. Mm-hmm. They're going to complain about black people. Mm-hmm. They're going to complain about immigrants. They're going to come. That's what they do. The Guardian is the opposite. They're the opposite end. They're going to say, we need more immigrants. We need more like, and they always say the same things. So I thought, why don't we try and create a space where people who don't see eye to eye could actually come together and have meaningful conversations mm-hmm. where you could have a left-wing person, a right-wing person. You know, you can have a, a buffet table of mm. lots of different ideas. The second thing was access, right? So quick stat for your head top. In the UK, 3% of the population are black, right? In journalism, the people who write the articles, who set the agenda for what we discuss... 0.2% are black. Zero representation. 0.2% are black. So 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 when you think, oh, the day the public doesn't have black people, you're right, they don't. <laughs> right? They just they just don't. So 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 we're trying to solve polarization and access. You know, another one, like 51% of journalists in the UK went to private schools, right? 51% of journalists in the UK 51. went to private schools. <laughs> Private school. This is according to the Sutton Trust, a report they did in 2017, I believe, um, or 2000, yes, 2017. In the UK or in the population, only about nine percent went. So, so what kind of crazy overrepresentation is that, mm. right? And how is that skewing what we learn, what we know, what we discuss? Anyways, so what do we do now? Now we are basically a news network for millennials. People can join. They just need to go to join.tcsnetwork.co.uk. And they can just be become a part of what we're doing. We have different shows, uh, podcasts. Uh, we have journalists that write articles every week. And we just try and give you different perspectives, you know, about issues around the world. Mm-hmm. So if you if you just want to learn new things and find out what's happening, um, hear stories that the mainstream media aren't telling, then you can go to the Common Sense Network and, and find it, tcsnetwork.co.uk. Uh, and just f- find the stories, uh, get involved in the movement. That's amazing. <laughs> um, you touch on the the left wing, the right wing, uh, alluding to uh, politics stuff. And again, you probably understand me, who I am, my demographic, going up where I'm from. That was that was another another realm. Like that was not a that, that there was no way in shape or form I thought like that was affecting me. I didn't give it any time of like of day, even to even mm. right now. I'm a bit more aware of it, but I'm still like, and I know I'm gonna have to get to a point where I'm going to have to be aware. And I'm gonna my decisions in life are gonna be made off what is going on in terms of politics. But yeah, growing up, it's just like what like there is no conversation ever of people talking about politics within you know the communities we grew up in, and I feel like that needs to change. So how can we, how can it make, how can it be made sort of accessible and make people from the community that we're from like semi-interested in it enough <laughs> to, not not all the way, they don't have to love it, but semi-interested yeah. enough to understand and be aware of how this impacts you 
because that's something yeah. that I'm not, like I said, I'm not into it now, but I'm always thinking about how can we actually get people, like even myself, how can I get a semi-understanding, a basically a want to want to understand more, if that makes sense, because that yeah. was never there. I don't believe it is there right now in them communities in, uh, for young kids in school, but how can we do that? That's a good question, man. Bro, it's a language issue. Mm. It's a language issue. It's just language. And you'll be shocked to know, not shocked, but you might be kind of like, really? It is just language. Everyone cares about politics. It's just language, right? I have a friend who says, if you don't do politics, politics will do you, <laughs> right? And, and, and people need to kind of think about that. Mm. Like people make decisions about your life mm. and, and you're like, I don't mind. Here's what we have to do about language. People hear political party, they hear left wing, mm. right wing. And because they don't understand those terms, what jargon does is it, it makes you feel like, oh, it's too much. Right, right, right. It's too much, right. right? It's like when someone talks about a sport I don't understand. They're like, oh, bro, you know, in cricket, you know, LBW, LBW, leg before wicket. You're just like, yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> You're like, you don't even know where to begin. You're mm. like, what do I, do I need to watch a documentary about cricket? Do I need to go and follow people on Instagram? Mm. Like, where do I even begin? And people create that mental layer of just, it's just too much for me. Now, here's what's interesting about that. We feel that about things we don't understand, which is fine. Mm -hmm. But with politics, it actually serves some people to have you not interested. As in it's right, good for right, them. Right, 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 Because they just do what they want without you even understanding yeah, of course. or realizing. Of course. How, how terrible would it be if you knew what was going right, on and right. you like, what's going on? <laughs> Suddenly someone has to answer for something. Yeah, but if yeah, you yeah. don't care, you're not interested, it's just, it's fine. Do if all you do is vote once every five years, it's great. Politicians mm. are great. They're like, this is wonderful. Mm. We could just carry on. Mm. And then five years, we just tell them we did some good stuff and then they'll, they'll probably vote for us again. Or if they're black, they'll vote Labour. Or mm. if they're gay, they'll vote Conservative. All that kind of stuff, mm. right? What are my tasks? And one, one thing I want to focus on, funny enough, funny enough with common sense, is I want to do a massive like education thing. Because do you have an opinion? G give me a strong opinion you have. Just any opinion that you go, I, I believe this thing. On? Anything. Just life. <sighs> Um. Uh, <laughs> uh. I a strong opinion. Just my own opinion. It's not like factoring. Yeah, just an opinion you have. Yeah. I believe Lionel Messi is the best player in the world. Okay. I agree with you. <laughs> now, now, because I agree, so that's the opinion. Mm -hmm. Now, here's what that opinion does. Mm. Because you have that opinion, you strongly believe that. Mm. Now, I promise you. And you probably know people. Do you know people who don't agree with your opinion? 100%, yeah. Superb, right? So so by putting your opinion out there, if you put it on Twitter, yeah, yeah. you're going to find opposition. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. who go, no, bro, yeah, yeah. It's, it's Ronaldo. Mm, mm, mm. People go, oh, no, it's, it's Christian Bale. Mm. I don't know who those people are, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, Welsh people. <laughs> we'll call them, yeah, with the Green Party. Yeah. You know, just weird people. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Anyways, now, now, I agree with you. So the minute I go, yo, bro, you're right. Yeah, Defoe yeah. is the best. Did you see the, you, how many times he won the Ballon d'Or? Yeah, yeah. As that happens, as you find people who, who, who support and believe you, that's a party, mm -hmm. right? You've got a party. Mm. Now we, we put political in front of it. People go, uh, but if you, if you take away the political, that's a party, a group of people who you're have right, shared agreement. beliefs in something, in agreement on something, right? And you're going to find another group of people who don't agree with you. Now, that's just called the opposition. Mm -hmm. So the Labour Party started years ago mm. because one guy had a couple of strong opinions mm. and a couple of people went, yeah, we'll back that. Like, mm. we agree with you. Mm. And then they thought, look, let's, let's, change, let, let's try and change society mm. and find more people to agree with us. Let's try and convince more people to agree with us. That's all politics is. Mm. So when you're thinking, should I get involved or what do I need to do? What you should first try and work out is what do they believe? Like what, what does Labour believe? Mm. And do I believe what they believe? Because mm. if I do, mm. you know, then I want to change the world that way. Mm. Now here's the thing, because Labour's a party and a large party with lots of members, there's lots of beliefs in there, mm -hmm. right? And you don't have to agree with every single belief, but the question is, what do you really care about? Most. Who else cares about it? And how do you advocate things that way? I don't have kids right now. So if there's a policy about how kids should be treated, I might, I might care but not really because I don't have kids. Right. The minute you have kids, right, right. I promise you, you'll yeah, yeah. care about education yeah, yeah, yeah. and and schools yeah. and investment in schools. You know what I mean? You know, I didn't really care about the NHS until I had to have a surgery and I was in the NHS and I was like, ah, why, why, how can they tell me? Like, and suddenly mm -hmm. I was like, okay, okay. So the reason why a lot of us don't care is because 
we're not meaningfully involved in anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you get involved and you get stuck in and you take a bite out of society, then naturally you'll find yourself starting to grow some strong opinions, not just about football, but about how the world should be arranged, you know, what should be taught to kids in schools, right. um, how the, you know, now that I pay tax and I run businesses, I definitely care about cool. taxation yeah, policy. Yeah. If one party says, we're going to tax you 40%, Mike, and one says 20%, which means I get to keep almost like 9,000 pounds. Mm. I'm going to, you know, like, I care mm, now. Mm, mm. And I have strong opinions about some of these things. So, so that's all politics is. People just, I think the language has been craftily, you know, designed to ensure that some people don't get involved. Mm, mm. When in reality, we all do politics because we all have strong opinions, right, right, right. right? We all have strong opinions. We just gotta, we just gotta re, re, rethink some of the language, and before you know it, you might be running for a prime minister. A, I mean, yeah, mate, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, the term politics too far, too far. Yeah, yeah, you got a bit. Yeah, <laughs> but the term politics has just been, you know, it triggers a certain type of understanding in our minds. We're just like. Ugh. I thought you hit on the nail on the head because there was the last time I really thought, you know what? Let me understand. Let me really take time to understand this. Was when the whole uh, Brexit the debacle was happening at, uh, in the beginning, and I thought, you know what? Let me, you know, and really try to unpack this because this was everywhere. Like when it first really came out, and it was like what you said. I went on some articles. I went on some pages. I was trying to understand it. I got the gist of it, but I was just like. I was reading things that I just never came across and I didn't understand. I was like, ah, oh, this is, I did it for like five minutes. Too much. Yeah, I did it for like five minutes and I took it off. So that was my question. Like, how do we navigate this with through a way that is understandable to us and we can comprehend it? And I guess, like you said, the language, if we just understand that it's just language and it's things that happen in our everyday lives anyway, that would be yeah. a better if way. If people to want to join, they, they legit should go on TCS Network uk because because over the next month or so i want i really want to spend time defining key political terms um you know what's left wing what's right wing mm. where did the labor party start you know like i'm really just helping people with like a kind of um political jargon kind mm, of thing mm, so mm. people kind of feel like okay i actually know what's going on now you know so so if people are interested in that they should definitely check that out um so they just go to join j-o-i-n dot tcs network dot uk and and um over the next few weeks the stuff comes out you know they, they should feel a bit more empowered to get involved it's like um and one of the things that don't help is that we are not uh all the time we're not doing something as simple as like reading reading books that's something like in our community it's like ugh, reading like <laughs> ugh, i want to read but like I, also going through uni i've learned so much that like reading and reading like work from scholars and uh, peer-reviewed things it's like it puts everything in such perspective and when you actually fully understand it it's like everything else on that topic becomes so much easier to comprehend through mm. just the efforts of reading and uh it's like people just need to read more just read more people should read and write more in life i don't feel like people do that enough and writing doesn't necessarily have to be anything specific. Doesn't have to be a rap. Doesn't have to be a poem. Doesn't have to be a story. Just write, and yeah. something will come of it, and you it will improve you. So yeah, there was a uh, hundred other things on my list to, uh, <laughs> and that's not an exaggeration. Um, but one of the most important ones that I feel like I want to finish on is um, why why life of pie. You said that's your favorite book. <laughs> <laughs> why life of pie. Because I seen the movie well, and you said the movie was awful. I didn't know about the book. The movie is terrible. Yeah, exactly. And I thought the movie was Where quite did cool. you hear me say this? Where did I put this out? On YouTube. <laughs> life of Pi. You know, I read it at a time in my life where I read it. I think I would have been in, I don't remember. Mm. Um, but I, I read it and my mind, like, my mind went crazy <laughs> with imagery. Right. Right. Okay, now I understand why you say the movie is terrible because you already have something... Oh my, when I watched that movie, listen, I was so disappointed. I was like, what the heck is this? Because in my mind, this is the power of reading, right? Uh, a couple of words. My mind right. is doing bits. Right, right, right. Like my mind's fly. I'm like, right. the tiger, take a... My mind's just going crazy. There's no limit. And, and, and no limit. And that's just the thing about imagination is that literally there's no limit. Mm. And one of the key things that unlocks your imagination is reading. Because it, it forces your brain to slow down. Mm. 
it forces you can't think about other things mm-hmm. in the region. It just doesn't you work, can't. you know. So it's, it's one of the only things that forces you to pay attention and to and to really take time, you know. I, I, and then it unlocks that part of your brain where you where you just think and dream and imagine, right? And it's weird how it does that. It's like a drug. Right, you start right. reading, and slowly you're like, "What?" And your brain's doing the most, the power right? Of words. And some of us, that part of our brain has been so malnourished for years. But that's a great thing. You, 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 you can start again by just picking up a book, right? So you pick up a book and you just start again. There's no kind of like, I haven't read for 10 years. Mm-hmm. How will I ever read again? Mm-hmm. It's like, just pick up a book. Pick up a book, flick it, open it, and, and begin reading. So for me, that was why I love Life of Pi. I, I'm a big dreamer. I imagine a lot of different things. You know, my, my brain is, if you could step into my brain, you literally would probably be like, you probably, you'd be like what in the world is yeah, going on? I, I, genuinely, I genuinely think... If people could understand what goes through my mind, that some people would arrest me. I would be arrested in some countries <laughs> <laughs> for thought crimes. We're getting there. If you let the, I'm joking. Um, no, I agree with you. Like I'm the same. Like so. So life of Pi unlocked that for me, and um, and for me, it's why I'm a big advocate of reading. I, I encourage people to read. Um, I'm try. I read myself. People just ask me, "What am I reading right now?" I've actually read in a bit. I've been reading articles right now because I'm trying to work out what's going to happen on the 21st of June. Mm. Um, but um, I'm reading a Christian book by John Piper at the moment. So yeah, reading, super important. Mm. And um, yeah, for me, it, it's been my... I read a quote when I was in Poly, um, which Poly, secondary school. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it said, readers are leaders. And for some reason, that made me want to read because I've always wanted to be a leader. Um but now that quote is nice, but mm. that's not why you should read. You, read. you should read because reading is actually good for your health. Yeah, Mike, I very much appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate the things you do. People like you. Um, that's why I use this uh, place. So people that may not know about you can come here and watch you. Um, you know, whether it helps someone today, whether it helps someone next year, it just, it's good that it's here. It's good that it's out there. Um, anyone that wants to hear more about Mike, you've got his YouTube, uh, you've got your Common Sense Network, people can go find that, we'll put a link in below. And um, I appreciate you, Mike, thank you for joining me. I appreciate what you do, bro. Uh, uh, bro. Um, I, I appreciate the way you do what you do, which is, um, you know, it, it's very rare that you meet kind of folks who are trying to make sense of the world and have a real kind of purity of pursuit, mm. such that they're kind of, you know, figuring it out mm-hmm. as you go along. It's one of the things that the great podcasters do well. You mm. know, we, we obviously, we cite Joe Rogan and the way he kind of navigates conversation. Mm. You know, I, I think it's beautiful, man, the, 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 way, the way you do it mm. um, and, and to your team and, and the kind of time they put into, you know, making things look good mm-hmm. as well and taking a lot of pride in, in excellence. Mm. It's amazing, man. So I look forward to the heights this pod, pod, podcast is going to achieve. And also the impact conversations like this and others yeah, yeah. you're gonna have are gonna are, are gonna are gonna um, have on people. Much appreciated, man. I appreciate that. Boys, girls, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining me. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. Uh, the link will be in below for uh, the Commons Network if you want to tune into that um, and find out about Mike and his company and his TED Talks. Uh, thank you for joining us. We'll let you be. Have a good morning. Have a good day. Have a good night. Stay safe, stay sweet, stay street.